What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, virtual group therapy for everyone affected by Tony Stark's Snap. This is as good a time as any to tell you that parental discretion is advised when listening to After the Snap. I say some real fucked up shit. Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, Happy Independence Day if you are here in the States. And that'll probably be the only time you hear me say that. And I'm just going to give you a really, really quick reason why I am of African American heritage. But... When the United States won its independence, as far as being a British colony, my people still weren't even considered human. So forgive me if I'm not like over the top about Independence Day. And I even thought of doing an Independence Day episode and making it about the movie Independence Day. We can talk about that movie uh, at another time. But that is just my disclaimer as to why... Independence Day seems just a little bit that's not the day that that if you are descendant from slaves in the United States this is probably not the holiday that we should be celebrating okay I'm sure you guys wanted to know that but (laughs) but I did want to you know make sure that even while we entertain and uh, just speculate, we also educate one another about what's different about each's heritage. And that is one of the things that uh, I acknowledge that we weren't independent as far as <laughs> as far as uh, black people uh, in the, at that time. So eh, neither here nor there. Hopefully everybody pops for firecrackers, though, and ate some barbecue. We can always do that, right? Okay. So if you ate if you if you ate bar- barbecue and pop fireworks, I hope you had a wonderful and safe time. Now let's get into some uh, superhero sci-fi movie news. And we're gonna start with this is fantasy. This ain't even superhero sci-fi. This is Lion King. Lion King had an absolutely bonkers. Uh, advanced ticket sale uh, their their advanced sales the only movie that exceeded Lion King in advanced ticket sales this year is that little movie called Avengers Endgame and if you really want to put some clarity to it by the time Lion King makes its way to theaters I believe it's the week after next by the time Lion King makes its way to theaters Disney will likely have the top five grossing movies of 2019 thus far. All under the Disney umbrella. So just think about, number one, just think about how big of an accomplishment that is for one studio. And then think of how big of an accomplishment that is for one studio. So I'm saying to myself, self, by the way, welcome to the show. Welcome to the party. If this is your first time. I got a little bit ahead of myself. Welcome. Glad you're here. Kick your shoes off. Put your feet up. Enjoy the, the, the ride. Now, so like I was saying, uh, you can look at that one of two ways. This is great. It's showing that Disney is putting out quality movies. But is it also indicating that Disney has a... A basically a stronghold on the movie industry as a whole it's looking like Disney has got everybody else in the chokehold nobody else is 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 competing on on a large scale you know we did have I believe it was Universal who put out us and that was the fifth movie um, and, and it's the fifth movie still but I'm a hundred percent positive that it will be bumped for number five for the number five spot once Lion King hits theater so now what what do studios do is this a monopoly now the only thing I can say 
is that you probably need to put out better movies. I might be wrong in my uh, ascertaining Lion King to bump a few things out the way. I don't think I'm wrong, but I may be wrong. But Sony does have a chance with the Spider-Man movie. But that's still kind of, when you think about it, a Marvel success story. We need to see some quality films. And, and not only quality films, because I can say some of these films have been quality films, but nobody went to see them. What I will say is that there are a couple movies uh, that are coming out that may bring people into the theaters. Uh, Stuber with Dave Bautista. That looks like it is going to be a funny romp, funny time at the movies. Uh, it's a comedy. I don't really, I don't really do comedies on this channel unless it's got some sci-fi aspect to it or fantasy aspect to it. But it does look like a movie that I want to see. Crawl. Hopefully, everybody knows what Crawl is. It's it's about a some type of accident occurs in a California town and when shit hits the fan we realize that there's this pack of oversized freaking alligators so yes this is an alligator movie and they are huge alligators and I am quite interested in seeing this movie and seeing if it's well done if it's a movie that is just going to be all gore, which I'm, I'm hoping it's not. Or is it going to have some some substance to it? Is it going to be a little bit more than just a gore fest? There are those who would love nothing more than to sit in the movies and uh, be gored to death. <laughs> Me, myself, I, I my stomach is not the way it used to be. I can't sit through gore fests too many times. But I will be very interested myself to see crawl see we talk about quality movies though so bringing it back around to studios having to put movies out that are so engaging in the trailers and so engaging in the word of mouth that you are forced to leave your house to get your butt into the theater and wiggle into a seat to see what this studio has put put out for us as far as quality movie consumption and one thing that we talked about um, before maybe it was last week and maybe the week before where I talked about studios not lifting the review embargo off of their new movies so some studios say you know what you can watch my movie a week in advance and I'll lift the review embargo just don't put any spoilers out we'll lift the review embargo because we have that much faith in our movie and then you have those who say nope we are not lifting that review embargo until you have already purchased your ticket and have committed to coming to this movie because we don't have any faith in this movie and this is like a scale that these companies use to uh, to weigh their options with their films. And because I'm talking about that, I want to go to the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix that's coming out later this year. I think right now, Warner Brothers is emphatically saying, we do believe in this here movie. Warner Brothers want to take the Joker movie to the Venice Film Festival. Now this seems to be confirmation that the studio sees Joker as an Academy Award contender. And it does appear to be a movie just in the, the trailer that we've seen. It, appeal, it seems that it'll appeal to a more mature comic book movie fan and also to just mature movie fans in general not comic book movie fans and i repeat mature i just keep saying mature because i believe this is a this is an r-rated affair so this is the penultimate show of faith in the movie that you have i can guarantee you there will be no last second review embargo lifting 
on Joker. It looks like Warner Brothers knows that they have a winner. They and I, I haven't seen anybody with in a comic book movie, okay, since Black Panther. I feel like Disney and Marvel thought they had a best picture uh, winner in Black Panther. I believe that Warner Brothers is almost like one-upping them. We got so much faith in this. We're sending it to the Venice Film Festival. We're going to send it to the Venice Film Festival. We're going to release it in award season. And we are going to, I can guarantee you, push for it to be a contender in multiple categories. Not just... Uh, best picture or not just best actor it is going to be multiple character I mean, i'm sorry multiple <laughs> it is going to be multiple categories almost guaranteed i'm willing to put money down on that one because and and, and i'm usually spot on when i start talking about putting down money i ain't putting down no money i think i'm gonna lose so i'm saying that warner brothers has that much faith in the Joker movie. And when a movie studio says, you know what, we're talking about this stuff months ahead of time. This movie hasn't even been thought to be released yet. We've got all the way, I think, I'm clean until October. When a movie starts standing behind its film this early, I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to see this. I'm excited to see it. I'm ready to see it because they know they have a winner. It might not be necessarily an award winner for sure, but they believe they have one. And that's all that it takes sometimes. They believe they have one. Speaking of Warner Brothers, there are rumors, and these are still just rumors, that Daisy Ridley is not going to be in the next round of Star Wars movies because they are going to the uh, Old Republic stuff. But she is in talks to be Batgirl. Now, of course, this has not been either confirmed or denied by Daisy Ridley or Warner Brothers, but I think that she would be an excellent choice for the role. I think that she would do a hell of a job she you know and then i've seen uh fan art where somebody had her in the cowl where she had the bat girl get up on and let me tell you she makes a very convincing looking bat girl and because we know that she uh is really a hell of an actress and if she's not, if it's true that she will not be appearing in the next trilogy of Star Wars movies, well, hell, I would like to see her as Batgirl. There's also rumors that uh, Andy Serkis is going to be in Batman. And if you remember who Andy Serkis is, he played Claw in the MCU. He is also uh, Snoke in Star Wars. He is, in fact, is best actor uh, in mocap. So as far as mocap, he is one of the pioneer actors to have done this type of thing. And whether or not they use him in a mocap capacity or if they use him as just his own, just regular character actor, I think this would be a great move. Of course, we've seen him in in the MCU. We've seen him in uh, the Star Wars universe. And we know what he can bring to the table as far as motion capture performances and as as far as his live action performances. I think Andy Serkis, whatever role they intend to use him as, some say they believe it would be Clayface. Others say they think he might be Alfred and others say he could very well be uh, the penguin. We don't know yet. We don't know if this has been a confirmed thing or not, but boy, I think it would be a great thing because I've, I've never even mentioned on the show t- uh, to you all how I felt about the Robert Pat- Pattinson thing. Um, I was off being 
pulling myself out of the depths of darkness when when the announcement was made that Robert Pattinson was the next Batman and honestly throw the cowl on him I think Robert Pattinson has the bat chin and and you everybody knows that there's that angled jaw that we kind of look for in our Batman characters and he has it he definitely has it I think he will look good with the cowl he looks good without it I think he'll look great with the cowl also um, I don't know this might not be Warner Brothers news but because we were talking about the whole DCEU Henry Cavill who was said to be exiting uh, the DCU, DCEU as the character of Superman which is a huge huge mistake if it's true which I believe it is but there's also saying that he will be uh, playing Sherlock Holmes in the Enola Holmes movie so Enola Holmes is uh, his little sister he will be playing Sherlock I have no word on who will be playing Watson but you know what it means when somebody plays Sherlock Holmes right that's right they're gonna end up in the MCU somehow <laughs> we've got a lot of different Sherlock Holmes and at some point their Watson always always makes their way to the MCU so whoever is gonna play Sherlock Holmes and whoever is gonna play Watson welcome to the MCU because you'll be there eventually and my last piece of like just random rumor related news is about the next incarnation of Ghostbusters and if you have not heard the next incarnation of Ghostbusters will be a direct sequel from Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 from way back when I was a little bit of kid it will be this movie will be a direct sequel to those two movies unlike the Ghostbusters movie we got just a couple of years ago that featured the women Ghostbusters it's basically being okay you are not a real Ghostbusters movie and this next movie will be taking the spot of a real quote unquote real Ghostbusters movie now I did not see the uh Ghostbusters Ghostbusters movie that starred Leslie Jones and uh you know everybody <laughs> I did not see that movie there was the lady version and it had uh, Chris Hemsworth in it didn't see that one and there are those who said it was it was an enjoyable movie and there are those who said it, it was a train wreck I have no opinion either way because I didn't even go see the movie didn't go see it and it's if for no specific reason there was no feminist part of me that said I have to go see this movie because it's females uh, starring in it and there's no part of me that says I'm not going to see this movie because of the social justice warriors out here trying to force feed us feminism nope I didn't go see the movie because I wasn't interested in seeing the movie I I don't have an opinion on the rest of those things I, I actually I do people can be whoever they want you can aspire to be whatever you want. If you want to be a be a goddamn Ghostbuster, but well, damn it, be a Ghostbuster, lady, man, or something in between. Be a Ghostbuster. So uh, these fictional characters that everybody is attached to, they are fictional. So I don't mind if you change Ariel from uh, a Caucasian-looking mermaid to now a black looking mermaid and you guys had to know I was gonna bring this up but I'm trying not I'm not gonna touch that for too long let's stop with putting those types of boundaries on fictional characters they're not real anybody could play that part any good actor or actress can play those parts so I don't have an issue with the Ghostbusters turning female I have an issue with was that story a good story and from what I could see in the trailers and in, in the commercials that I saw I made a decision based upon those that now this is one I'm gonna sit out 
didn't feel the least bit like I was letting the movement down or anything like that. Nope. Didn't look like something I wanted to see. Did not see it. On the other hand, swinging back to this new Ghostbusters that they'll be working on, it will be the son of the original Ghostbusters director, I think it's Jason Reitman, who is going to be directing this one, and why the heck not? You know, it's a good passing of the torch. It is also said to be starring one Paul Rudd, which, okay, you've got my attention. Paul Rudd is a wonderful actor, a wonderful personality. His his timing is great. Uh, I've seen him in several different movies, and I loved him in several different movies. So, and I mean, outside of the MCU. So, will or am I right now interested in seeing Ghostbusters? I'm a little bit more interested than I was before I heard that Paul Rudd was going to be. Uh, in this movie so Paul Rudd is a factor so when once you factor him in it makes my interest level rise just that much more so you guys uh, all these things that I talked about just right off the top and I just hit you guys like a hammer for 20 minutes with uh, just the latest little bit of gossip that I was getting out of the uh, sci-fi superhero and fantasy movie fandom let me know what you think and tell me where you think i've gone wrong or if you agree with me let me know i'll be very very interested in hearing everyone's opinion now moving on i said i was going to talk about a little tv this week and i am just a little bit there are several shows that i have kind of binge watched to get myself caught up to where the, the seasons are right now. And when I run into shows, especially good sci-fi or fantasy shows, I'm like, you know, I want to tell somebody about this. And so here I am, starting with uh, Krypton on the Sci-Fi Channel. See, I, I didn't watch it on the Sci-Fi Channel. I have the DC Universe streaming service. So they had season one on the streaming service and I'm like you know I've heard about Krypton but there was really not enough buzz coming my way that made me say you know let's watch it but just out of the sheer curiosity I started watching that show and I got so wrapped up in those characters in the happenings and if you don't know what the show is the premise is this show is about Superman's grandfather, Seg-El. So it's going back to before Krypton was destroyed and a time traveler from Earth that Superman is, is a hero on. That time traveler, Adam Strange, has come back in time to Krypton to tell Seg-El that a threat is coming to attack Krypton from the future. And it is trying to basically eliminate Superman from existence. Okay, so here's our premise. And then you have the the, the families, the, the more popular families, the elves and the Zods. You definitely have those two lines moving. And then there are several other families that are prominent members of Kryptonian society. And it's almost like a survival of the fittest type thing and we know that the Zods were created for nothing more than protecting the interests of Krypton so the lengths that the Zod family line to include Drew Zod who is turns out to be Superman's arch enemy in future years to these Zods will go to any length to protect Krypton, even if it means destroying other planets all around it. Krypton first is the it's it's in their DNA. They can't not think of Krypton first. Just like the L's are science, uh, and they they always they're going to always look at science first. They in and the self preservation of them 
because Krypton is really not just a place, it's a people. Just like you say about the Asgardians, it's not just a place, it's a people. It's the same with the Kryptonians. I digress. I'm telling you it was a great show. I watched season one and then I watched uh, the first episode of season two because all of that was part of the uh, release that was on DC Universe streaming service. So to watch it regularly, you'll have to watch it on the sci-fi channel and I don't know what day it comes on. But please know that if that if it, it, it doesn't come on Hulu, I've already checked because I don't really watch TV. I don't watch the physical box. I stream pretty much everything. So I'm going to figure out a way to watch the rest of season two because some amazing things have happened and I think it's a show worth watching. Okay. Another show that is on Netflix that I knew nothing of until I was listening to a podcast called The Watch. And they are talking about what they're watching, you know, on TV, on streaming and TV and, and any different ways you consume media. Well, these gentlemen were talking about a show called Dark that I had never heard of. And it turns out that Dark is a German sci-fi show. And it basically is about a town called Winden. And for some reason, there is a portal in Winden that allows people to either step 33 years in the future or go 33 years in the past. And it's basically following the families, especially the prominent members of the Winden society and following their path over generations that show their lives during this 33 years in the past, 33 years in the future. The, the crazy thing is it's the same people. So you, you meet a character as an older person and find out that one of the young people running around the town already is that is the young version of this older person let me tell you it's wild it's crazy if you don't mind the lips not syncing up with what things are being said because it is in german it is an excellent show drew me in like two seasons I've just binged two seasons so the first season has 10 episodes the second season has eight episodes and there will be a third and final season on Netflix it's already been announced so there will be one more season we will find out everything that happened and how things get wrapped up in Wyndon if you like to really follow the third season we can do a binge watch of the first 18 episodes all together or we'll talk about it on an episode of the show and uh, until we get to where season three starts and then we can watch it together hopefully uh, anybody who goes and checks it out likes it just as much as I did because I'm telling you to me it was a very well done great thought-provoking confusing as hell show and it it really gave me thought it made me think a lot about the MCU's version of time travel this made me think about it because of course you, you think about the fact that you have one cap in the ice and one cap living it's ugh. and I know I never did go back and do this time travel episode of for for Avengers Endgame but trust me July 30th is coming and when July 30th comes I'm going to purchase make a digital purchase of Avengers Endgame so that I can truly wrap my mind around what happened in that movie I cannot wait to July 30th to download this movie but I digress the last show that I would like to tell you about and hopefully that you all have watched. It's called The Society. So Society is like the Lord of the Flies, but with more kids involved. So basically the premise was this. Um, a bunch of kids from a town called West Ham were going on a school trip. So all of the kids, 16 and up, the, all the high school aged children, were going on a trip to the mountains. So they all boarded the buses, say goodbye to their families, jump on these buses, head for the trip. 
But while on the way, a freak storm happens. Buses have to turn around and take the kids back to the school. So that's what happens. Buses turn around. They drop the children off at the school and then the buses just screwed off. Then no parents are out here waiting for these kids. The buses just, they're gone. Okay, so kids start, of course, calling their parents. They're standing outside in the rain trying to get home. No parents anywhere is answering the phone. Uh, these children decide to go home. And as it turns out, there's nobody at these homes either. So all of the children who were younger than 16 and all of the parents and people that were over uh, the, the oldest high school age student were gone. The only people who were in this town were the high school students of West Ham. They have to task it upon themselves to find a way to survive. And, and uh, this, is, this show is following them as they learn, as they go from, oh, we're free from parents, and they're doing all the stuff that kids would do, as they progress into knowing that they have to, at some point, come up with some type of rules or guidelines to live by, or they're not going to make it. And uh, there's a lot of twists and turns along the way. It's never a straight line, but so they named their their new place where they live isolated from the entire world because there's nothing beyond the borders of West Ham either. So they call this new place New Ham, and it's just a, a roller coaster of events that happen and. We see how these kids react to these crazy things that happen to them. It's an excellent show. That was the first season that I watched uh, on Netflix. There has not been an announcement as of yet of a second season. I am hoping and praying for a second season to this show because it was just dynamite. There is so much to love about the show and my description of it probably doesn't do it justice do yourself a favor and watch one of these shows (laughs) watch either the society or uh krypton or dark because they're excellent shows and i'm pretty sure that i'm sucking at telling you just how good a show this is let me know if you watch any of them and uh tell me what you think yes you hear the rattling of a cheetos bag i am eating cheetos puffs i just had lunch and and this is like i couldn't stop eating these there are the uh white cheddar Cheetos puffs. I'm always eating something, but they are so good. Okay. And I guess last but not least, most certainly not least, we have Make Me a Jedi. That's right. So, Make Me a Jedi, the movie that we watched, that I watched, was uh, A New Hope. The, the beginning of the original trilogy. And of course, per usual, I have questions about that movie from Dr. Doom and Gloom from, uh, from Ada Geeks. And because his uh, questions that he posed for me this week are so, so central to my feelings about this movie, we're just going to jump straight into Dr. Doom and Gloom's email of the week and this week's email is the jedi are no more apprentice isn't it glorious i have questions you will answer number one was it difficult to watch this movie considering the jarring difference in visual effects in comparison to the mo to the movies you have already watched so that's the first question Was it difficult to watch this movie? In fact, it was the opposite. 
because I took myself back mentally. I remembered because, of course, how could I forget that this movie, when it came out, I was, I believe I was four years old. And to think that way back then, before we have the technology that's available to us right now, way back then, the amount of imagination, the amount of creativity that was needed to bring this vision that George Lucas had to life is nothing more than awe-inspiring. It is nothing, in fact, nothing less than awe-inspiring. It is, uh, it reminded me of even in that era, this was so ahead of its time. The special effects, of course, they look kind of herky-jerky to us now because we have moved technologically so far along. But at the time, that was the most realistic because remember, I'm sitting at home watching King Kong, Godzilla, uh, Ultraman, Spectre Man, those types of shows and the, the effects in those shows were very, very cartoonish. Very cartoonish. This was the most realistic depiction of, uh, besides, okay, we could say besides Star Trek. But in a lot of ways, it was even better than Star Trek. The The puppets that are used in, in Star Wars exceeded a lot of what you saw in Star Trek. Uh, Again, the creativity it took to conceive of these things in their mind and then figure out a way to bring that conception to life was, it's so impressive to me. It was not hard to watch because when you use the template in your mind that this is not a movie that just came out, this movie is older than a lot of the people who love it. So this movie, to be quite honest, it, it, it kicked the door down for a lot of the special effects that we see and know and love today. So it was not hard to watch at all. I absolutely applaud and loved what was done with the visual effects because I'm looking at it through the eyes of once once before I'm looking at it as a four or five six year old kid and now here I am a 46 year old woman and I'm like wow they did that all those years ago <laughs> you know so uh, hopefully I didn't go on too long about that um number two what did you think of the overall tone of this movie Was it on par with the prequels or not? And as far as the tone, we can take our minds back to Rogue One. Rogue One is the movie that is directly, directly ahead of the the, the movie that comes directly before Star Wars A New Hope. And at the end of Rogue One, we remember them moving around in that corridor trying to get those the plans for that uh, Death Star to Princess Leia and everybody is handing it off but you've got Darth Vader coming through that corridor just slinging people around and just decimating everything in his wake and how I didn't say all of this last week, I had to be reminded how dare you not have talked about that last week, yes But I'm talking about it now because, of course, we know it led directly into Star Wars A New Hope. And we saw the culmination of that sequence of events that started in Rogue One. Now, I think, because Rogue One, of course, is made years, years, years later than the events of A New Hope. But... I think those movies, the way they lined up that sequence of events and had it start in Rogue One and the completion of it in A New Hope was dope. Absolutely, positively dope. Now, as far as 
the rest of the tone, I felt like this movie had, uh, of course, the, the name of it is A New Hope. So the, it had a kind of a dire tone at first, but then it moves into a, a, a period of hopefulness that you know that the next couple of movies, we got to see some shit go down where the Jedis are going to do what the Jedis do. What the Jedi, as in one Jedi, does. <laughs> so, uh, the tone of the movie was okay to me. I think that it moved from the darkness of uh, finding out what Anakin Skywalker's path was going to be into a period of hope. Because you already had the most powerful Jedi in the whole on the whole planet in the whole solar system turn rogue go bad so you've already had this happen and you saw the sacrifice made by the rogue one characters then you have you know uh the offspring of that super jedi that just was so imbued with the force but chose to go dark with it you see his prodigy stand up to him and I think that it was a good use of turning the tide and uh turning the tone of turning the tone of the saga to now we've we've gotten past the Anakin part of the story that trilogy now we're in this different trilogy and we're gonna have a different feel I enjoyed that part of A New Hope where we started and you know even going forward okay do you like the third question is do you like Anakin Skywalker pre-Darth Vader or his son Luke more and why What I don't like about Luke is he's a bit whiny. He's a bit just far too unsure of himself and of his abilities. Whereas it never seemed to be a moment with Anakin. Even as young little bitty Anakin, there has never been a moment that it didn't seem like he knew exactly that how powerful he was. He, he may not have understood the power, but he knew that he was a powerful person. He knew that he was above average. And yes, there's a rebellious streak in him that he has. I, I think that humanizes him because he didn't just go along with the uh, teachings. He questioned the teachings. And I think that is... Uh, if in anything besides trying to be a Jedi, I think that is something that you should do. Uh, I'd, I'd rather have, what is it? I'd rather have uh, questions that can't be answered than answered answers that can't be questioned. And that is the way he kind of moved through his world. He, he'd rather have these questions that can't be answered than having all the answers thrown at him, but never being able to question. So, do, who did I like better as far as be, between Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker? Uh, up to this point, I liked Anakin better because Anakin, if was nothing, if nothing else, Anakin was very certain of himself, and Luke was kind of in an annoying way he was too uncertain to be as powerful as he was you know he didn't even accidentally stumble upon his power the way kind of Anakin did never in his life did he realize that he had a gift and I just you know and and even when told and shown that he had a gift he still questioned it so there's the difference between those two characters to me and that is why uh, I lean heavily towards Papa Skywalker Anakin because the, the man just had a certain amount of swag to himself he knew what he was even before he knew what he was 
if you get what I'm saying. So now, moving forward with Dr. Doom and Gloom's email, he says, up to this point, I have asked only three questions. However, I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. I will be impressed if you can say who said that line and from which movie without looking it up. Up to this point, I have not looked it up. <laughs> I don't know. I want to say it was Jabba the Hutt and he was talking to Han Solo. But I'm about to look it up as soon as I finish your questions here. And then I will know if I was correct. Uh, yeah, I thought it was Jabba the Hutt talking to Han Solo in, in the uh, movie uh, A New Hope. Was that the movie? I think it was a new hope. But anyway, um, I shall ask one more question. Number four, Alec Guinness, Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi, or Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi? We will speak again soon, Apprentice. Use your anger. Let your hate fuel you. <laughs> Sincerely, Dr. Doom and Gloom. I'm, I'm giving the the edge once again to the prequels. I like the Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and only because I knew what his point was. Because we, we had an opportunity to understand his character a little bit and know who he was and get a good sense of what he could do, what he was supposed to be. In A New Hope, things kind of happened with with Ben Kenobi a little too quick. Uh, <laughs> and remembering the fact, now, now I'm cheating because I'm remembering that this movie for uh, in the beginning, there were no prequels. We just got Ben Kenobi being Obi-Wan Kenobi and the way things progressed in the New Hope movie. I didn't see anything that said he was a powerful Jedi. Uh, in fact, he allowed himself to be, I guess you would call it a sacrifice. He sacrificed himself. But to me, it was like, it was so many different ways he could have gotten out of. Of course, this is an older Ben Kenobi. But there are so many ways that he could have gotten out of that situation. Because when we talk about age, I'm remembering Yoda and Yoda was doing flips and shit. And now we know Yoda is old. <laughs> so I didn't like that version of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Didn't like him. No, not in the no, not in A New Hope. Uh, I, of course, great actor. I'm not saying that he's, the acting was poor. I'm saying that the, the amount of uh, action that he got in the movie just wasn't on par with what I came to expect with watching the prequels. If that makes any sense. I hope that does. But that is why I'm giving the edge to the prequels. So, so far, so far, my favorite uh, of these movies that I've seen thus far is Rogue One first. I enjoyed that one the most. And second was Attack of the Clones. Now, uh, as far as where I would put New Hope, I'd put it right where it is. It is, out of the movies that I've seen thus far, this one is not, of course, now we're talking about part of the, the, the whole Skywalker saga, and it is a good, to me, I don't know what anybody else feels, but to me, it's been a very good saga thus far. So, as far as put me putting these movies in some type of ranking or order I, I I liked I loved Rogue One loved it absolutely loved it Attack of the Clones was my next favorite then we can go Revenge of the Sith then we can go Phantom Menace and then we can go A New Hope but again when we're talking about some movies that I found all of them to be very entertaining being in 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 uh, fifth place out of those five movies is really not a bad place to be. And moving forward, 
I totally, totally, totally enjoyed the next installment, which is The Empire Strikes Back. In fact, well, let me stop. The Empire Strikes Back we'll discuss in our next episode. Um, As far as A a New Hope, three out of five lightsabers. It was right in the middle to me. It was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It did bring back. Now, if I'm taking myself back to 1970-something, knowing what I know now, that movie would get more lightsabers. But because we're in 2019 and I'm knowing what I know now, it gets three out of the five, but it is still, still one of the epic movies of my lifetime my generation will never forget going to the drive-in or to the to the theaters uh to see uh star wars and it was just star wars wasn't no new hope or nothing else it was just freaking star wars you go to see star wars everybody saw it and we all decided who we were when we came back from the movies and of course because nobody told me, like I've just told you guys a little bit earlier, that you could be whatever you want. Nobody was saying that back then, so I had to be Leia. But it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I think Leia was a badass, and she uh, she put her foot down <laughs> and made sure that her voice was heard. So even during that time, give it up to Carrie Fisher. Boom. She was paving the way for feminists everywhere. <laughs> well... This has been an absolutely outrageously fun episode to present to you today because it was nothing, you know, really planned except for this whole whole Star Wars thing. Um, tell me what you guys think of the Make Me a Jedi segment so far. Let me know if you guys agree with me or if you disagree or if you just find anything that I say, something that you have a question about or whatever question comment concern uh if you have any show ideas let me know because you know it's kind of quiet oh last but now i'm so sorry how did i forget this this was like one of the big things of the episode spider-man far from home i went to see it and i'm not going to spoil anything today the next time i talk about spider-man far from home which will probably be next week i'm spoiling every goddamn thing I'm talking about every single thing in this movie. Understand that. Now, this movie has two post-credit scenes. You better stay in your seat. (laughs) You absolutely better stay in your seat to see these two post-credit scenes because just like we talked about on previous in a previous episode. This is outlining where we're going in the MCU, and I think a lot of you are going to like it. I also think you are going to love the adventure that was Spider-Man Far From Home. To me, it is a great, great installment. Uh, I wouldn't say it's better than uh, Spider-Man 2 from the, the Raimi days, but I think it is equal to Spider-Man 2 from the Raimi days. Uh, the movie came out on Tuesday, July 2nd. It broke, of course, box record, box office records uh, for a Tuesday opening. It it made, I think, something, something like $40 million that Tuesday. So, great job for Spider-Man Far From Home just getting in the, in getting things started with a big, strong day. Please do yourselves a favor. Go see this movie. Be prepared for the next episode when I kind of get spoilery with it. But I'm telling you, Jake Gyllenhaal was was uh, impressive. The story was impressive. You're going to absolutely, positively fall in love with Tom Holland as uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker all over again and uh they visually and come on visually and kind of explain what's really been going on 
in the post uh, snap world so watch the movie to me going one through five with five of course being the best and and one being there I'm gonna give this uh, probably four yeah four web shooters <laughs> I enjoyed it I think it was really good I think John Favreau really really uh, stood out as well in this it was just so much to like about this particular movie I think everybody you guys just get out there and see it if you haven't seen it yet and next episode we'll talk a little bit more about it and we'll go into it in a spoilery manner because things do need to be discussed and with that I've got really nothing else I like for everybody if you're enjoying the show do me a favor tell one person this week one person about the show and ask them to give it a listen just ask them to check it out because it's going to do a whole lot towards helping my little bitty show that could grow also if you'd like to financially assist the show you can do that by going in the show notes and clicking where it says support this show support this podcast you can click there and give me a tip or you can go to patreon.com slash after the snap join one of the monthly tiers those tiers start at one dollar per month go all the way up to 20 bucks per month you get in where you fit in everything is appreciated you can also support the show by listening to it on radio public if you listen to it on radio public i get a very small percentage once i get to a certain amount of listens and right now i've got zero listens on radio public so i'll get like a two cent um, for every listen i think i get two cents so if you would like to assist the podcast every time you listen to the podcast you can just go to radio public and listen and that will put two cents in the coffers and like i said every little bit helps i would also like to thank once again davina l for being my patreon supporter i appreciate you so very much and if you have any questions comments concerns you can do that by uh going after the snap at gmail.com send me an email you can find me on any of the social medias. It's Facebook at After the Snap. It's Twitter at Snap After. And it's Instagram at After the Snap 2018. I'm in all those places, some more than others. None of them regularly. <laughs> but if I do get a message, I am very, very apt to answer messages. Uh, again, I like to thank. Dr. Doom and Gloom for his contributions, his weekly contributions to the show. It is making everything so much more fun, especially I have no clue what he's going to ask. I have to get an answer for his question to see if I guessed correctly. So give me a hot second or magic of technology. I'll come right back with an answer. So I was incorrect. I am altering the deal and pray I don't alter it any further was spoken by none other but than Darth Vader to Lando Calrissian. So I was wrong. <laughs> and it wasn't in a movie that I've seen just yet, quote unquote seen, because you know I've seen it. But uh, it is in The Empire Strikes Back, which we will be discussing a little bit more next episode. So good one. Uh, good question, Dr. Doom and Gloom. You stumped me. I wasn't about to go back and watch all the movies just to figure out which one it was. You stumped me this time. Hopefully, hopefully I'm more prepared for your question next week. Since I've got nothing else, we've talked about everything that we need to talk about, discussed about everything we want to discuss. Watch The Society. Watch Dark. Watch Krypton. Let me know what you think. This has been Tasha Pierce. And I'm out. This has been Tasha Pierce. And I'll catch you, you, you on the flip.
And since I've got nothing else, I'll catch you on the flip. <laughs>